Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is a light thing. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Everyone can be you as we see ourselves in you. There is clarity. There is light. And we say we have understanding as we study your word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Still in mission is possible season. Um, the retreat is still ongoing. Um, this is section 11. And we are studying discipleship. What did I tell you follow up means? If you can remember, what did I tell you follow up? What follow up means? Ah, <laughs> what did I tell you follow up means? Eh? Is that what I define follow up follow up for you for? What did I define it for you as? Nope, that's not what I said. Is that what I said? Yes, sir. You're not sounding like you're sure. So yes, uh, you are right. I just wanted you to be sure. All right. Follow up, like I told you, is a spiritual activity like evangelism. And... There is a need, and I told you, I said there is a need for the person who is following up to be involved or to be consistent in prayer and to make a practice of the leading of the Spirit. There is that need for you and I to practice prayer and practice consistently the leading of what? The Spirit. And I told you there are practical steps in follow-up. I said, number one, you lead by example, right? Yes. Number two, and I said, discipleship itself is leadership. Right? Did I tell you that? Yes. Discipleship is leadership. And I said, it demands that you are exemplary in all things. That you are exemplary in all things. So, and I said, discipleship ought to be by precept and by example. And I told you, I said, there are practical ways in which you can lead by example. I said, take your disciples along with you to teach, right? To pray, to minister to the sick, right? Jesus took his disciples along with them to do those such a thing. And I told you that that is a proof of discipleship. You bring your discipleship to the church. Number two, I said, you take them along to all church meetings. All your church meetings, your prayer meetings, your fellowship meetings. You take them along. That those are practical ways to what? To lead by what? By example. And I told you, I said... Um, in the local church, you get them their Bibles, their writing materials. You make sure that they take notes. You make sure that your disciples are very active in service. You make sure that you are punctual. So it shows that all of you don't have to sit together in the short service. Sit with people. You know, that's why I tell you in our announcement, I say, ask people around you, get their materials. You know, that should be, that should be a sign to you to tell somebody that is probably new to service that, oh, you have to listen to this material. Are you seeing it? So in service, all of you don't have to sit down like Sandin. Sit scatteredly. Are you getting me? Sit with people. Because you are going to be the one telling people, ah, no, that's not how to take note. Not disturbing yourself. Right. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's discipleship. You want everybody to open their Bibles. So that shows those that know a Bible, you are sharing the Bible with them. And I was, like I was telling Joy when we were coming this evening, I said, we'll soon, as, as time progresses, we're going to buy a box of Bibles where as soon as you are coming in, there's somebody standing at the door saying, where's your Bible, sir? Are you, welcome to church, sir. Where's your Bible? Please, can you have this? You, we'll buy Jotas and Biro. Where's your Bible? Right there? But you don't have to let us do it. That should be your responsibility in preparing them to church. Are you getting me? So if you know that your disciple now does not have a Bible and Jota, your responsibility as you are booking the Uber for the person is that don't worry, just be coming. 
as they are coming, you are handling over what, is, what it is for the person. Are you getting me? Because we believe our church is like a Bible school. Hope you know that. How many of you know that? Once a man is caught dozing, I'm repeating the statement again. Once a man, a man is caught dozing, the whole souls take and partake in the punishment. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He even say the wages of sin is death. So the price of this sin is not death, but the price of this sin is probably we will go and stand in the sun and we'll study God's word. We'll just carry the, we don't even need to, we'll just take a share. I'll just take a share where I put my Bible there and we'll resume fellowshipping God's word in where? Ah, nobody's saying it. Alright, good. So once a man is caught what? So be your brother's. This is where you are, this is where you have to practice love work and be your brother's keeper. So I help one another to fellow because this is ministry. I'm teaching you people real time. See, let me tell you something. What I'm doing for you people, if I had somebody teach me many years ago. I probably might not be where I am today. And I'm not joking. What I'm teaching you people, if I had somebody teach me many years ago when I first started ministry, maybe my first two years in ministry, this is my almost maybe 12, 12 13 years in ministry, 12, spanning that line, 12 to 15 years in ministry. And I just learned what I learned to you, what I'm teaching you like seven years ago. So imagine my first two years, somebody has taught me this. Ah, I won't be here now. <laughs> Praise God. So this is full time. You have to pay attention. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have to pay attention. So I told you, so like I was saying, I said, in, 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 in discipleship, you have to know what you're doing. So you could get a, you could get a Bairo, a Jotha for your disciple. That's your work. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you know that your disciple is not coming to show you. You don't want to maybe force the person to get the Bible or something. You don't have to get it for the person. But get a writing material, right? A Bible, a paper, a book, right? No paper, no paper that they will just squeeze and throw it. Will. I don't like that idea. You just tear paper, you take this. I just permit it to, but I don't, from now on, let's not be doing it. Buy a box of Jota. Keep it somewhere for your disciple to come. And very soon, as a church, we'll get Bibles where we'll be giving them at the door. Do you have a Bible? But you should not allow us to do it. You should not wait till I, I'm angry that we now say, oh yeah, let's do it. Are you getting what I'm saying? You should let us, you should learn the responsibility. So, Jesus took his disciples to all church meetings. So, you watch their attitudes. I told you, watch their attitude on how they pray. You watch their attitude on how they listen to God's word, their attitude in worship, the, how they address and honor the brethren. You watch those attitudes, how they give, right? How they submit their weekly report, right? You watch those attitudes. So, number one, I said what? Lead by example, right? Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Number two, I said know each disciple. Did I tell you that? Yes, so, you know them. You know their names. You know their phone numbers, right? You know their... You know what they are up to. You know if they are students, if they are working. You know if they are, um, if they are, if they are involved in any other activities. You know their house. I like what Noah has been doing recently. He has been going to their house to teach them. I like it. That's I. I like what he said yesterday. He said he went to familiarize himself with the mother. I like it. That's discipleship. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's discipleship. You get to know them, you get to, sometimes you can buy gifts for them, you know. Sometimes you can trust so that they know that this person is not a bad person. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, you know each other. And I, and I walk you through the scriptures of how, on how Paul knew all his disciples, right? I walk you through all of those things, how Paul knew, um, that's why we gave um, names. And we said, Corridus, Aristobulus, um, 
Who else did we give name again? Titicus. I think we said Chabaka is Olympus. No. Olympus. Olympus. And. Who is. No, no. Is that the only person we're giving name? Abraham is what? Marcos. It's too nice for him. Oh, that's Ife. Ife is Marcos. Um, what I I know Abraham has one Barnabas or so. We not give him one. Uh, okay. But his original name is his original name is Barnabas. <laughs> so I told you that know each disciple, know their full names, know their phone, number, and I told you don't do it. Don't do it like first date question. What's your name? What's your full name? What's your full name? What's your full name? What, what's your hobbies? No. Don't do it like that. Even me, I'm still getting to know everybody. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't do it as take it gradually. It can take you years to figure, but gradually. Gradually. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't go and start saying, today, I'm going to be asking you, what's your feeling? What's this? What, do you, what food do you like best? That's not your job. Calm down. Your job is to teach. It's gradual, gradual, gradual. You'll find out those details. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's number two, right? And number three, we said, teach them the word. So number one, lead by example, right? Number two, know each disciple. Number three, teach them the word. I told you, teaching will help your ministry. Teaching is an integral part of discipleship. And it will help your ministry. Ah, brethren, it will. It will help your ministry. Teaching will help your ministry. Once you want, if you want men to really grow in God's word, teach. Spend time teaching. That's why we are not relenting on our materials. We are going to keep putting our materials for discipleship. And we will keep doing it every... Till we die. In fact, yesterday... Some things was coming into my heart. How about we have like a newspaper just full of the gospel? Something came to my heart yesterday. How about we, we have material, just a newspaper? This is not magazine now. Just newspaper. That same, that same texture, that same doll shape and all of those things. And all that is inside the 15 pages or 20 pages of the newspaper is just the word. We call it something like light paper. Or light, 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 light gospel. Or something, we just call it something. That thing came to me yesterday. We'll, We'll think about it. We'll do it. We'll do something like that. Don't worry. We're going to put the word out. Hallelujah. We just, we're not going to put it in all those Walmart, all those places where they put newspaper outlets. All those, there are places in the cities where they put newspaper outlets. Even in schools and campus, we'll put it. Even apartment, we'll put it. Very soon, I trust God, we'll soon start having newsletters, sending newsletters to people. The gospel, just the word of God, all over. Spreading the word. Men catching the light of the gospel. I trust God. Hallelujah. Pray in tongues over that. I trust God. I trust God. The word of God all over. The glory of God all over. It's from all of us to the nations of the earth. It's from me and you to the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. The word of God all over. It's from you to the nations of the earth. It's from you to the nations of the earth. It's from you to the nations of the earth. earth. Hallelujah. It will happen. So teaching. Teach. And I told you one of the things you teach, you don't just teach anything, you teach sound doctrine, healthy doctrine, something awesome, something that can help them receptive and something that can make them understand what they are saying or what you are saying, something that can be very pivotal to their growth. So the doctrine must be whole, must be awesome. That's why we have, play, we have a lot of materials for you to feed on and it's doctrine, sound doctrine for them to grow. So, things to do 
as you teach. And I told you things to do as you teach. Have a teaching plan for each of your disciples. That is, or your disciples will not be on the same growth, right? I told you that, right? Have a teaching plan for them. Have a teaching plan for your disciples. And I told you, prayerfully teach using the Pauline prayer, right? Yes, sir. Right? Remember that? Yes. And I told you, teach simply, carefully, regularly, and what? Patiently. You have to keep teaching. And I told you, make yourself available to what? Be taught also. Make yourself available to be taught also. And I said, use resources provided by your local church. You know, as a good student, a good student will make a good teacher. Just like you are sitting down to hear me now. Some, a capacity of teaching is building in you. How many of you have seen yourself teach systematically? You are just teaching, let's open this text. From this text, let's open this. How many of you have found yourself doing that? You know why? It's because that is how I teach. So, as a good student, you are making yourself a good teacher. A good student makes a good teacher. Are you getting me? A good student makes what? A good teacher of God's word. A good student makes a good teacher. So you, and I told you, I said, there is a way a minister of the gospel listens to a message different from just a regular member. You know, like the service we had earlier on, there's a way you should hear it different from how a member should. Are you getting me? Because your own priority is lives. Your priority is lies. As a leader, as a preacher, as men who is looking over men, your priority is lies. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? That is leadership. That is discipleship. Now, so I added, I told you something. I told you follow the leading of God's spirit, right? Right? That's not included in, in your teaching plan. Remember, we are still in number one. What's the very first number one? Lead by example. Number two? Know his disciples. Number three? Teach them the word. So when I started analyzing how to teach, right? So number four is actually follow the leading of the Spirit. It was not, it's not, number four is not included in the teaching plan. Are you getting what I'm saying? Number four, follow the leading of the Spirit. I explained that in the last section. And I said, the discipleship is a supernatural activity. And every believer should, whilst the believers is taking natural initiative, I think we are about to all go to the sun. Whilst the believers is taking natural initiatives, we must be sensitive with following the leading of the Spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? You and I must be sensitive in doing what? Following the leading of the Spirit. So that shows, as you are preparing your sermon, how many of you agree that, you know I taught you something last night. How many of you agree that the sermon I taught this morning, it wasn't for last night? How many of you saw it? How many of you believe it? How many of you knew there were people who had to hear this morning? How many of you knew? That is how it works. What did I do? I followed the leading of the Spirit. And I, I, what did I do? I made it open to you so that you can learn it. On a norm. What I do is, I just flow normally and you won't know what I'm doing. But I just, I now, what I did was to take an abrupt stop and make you understand. See guys, this is what I'm doing. But do you know that your ears were open to hear it more this morning? If you had heard it last night, I don't know if you noticed. That's all. So that shows before Let's say you and your disciple meet Tuesday 5 p.m. Before that Tuesday 5 p.m., spend time praying. That's why you pray every day. You could know in the place of prayer, today is not born again, I should teach. Maybe I should teach this person prayer. I like what favor said, should we work on the material? We have to. In fact, probably I might personally do it this week on myself if I have the time. Because I have some materials I'm reviewing too for a pastor. So, I have a lot of materials to really study this week myself. Now, so, you could just know. Okay, let me, let me explain this. Let me explain this. Let me explain. You will know. You will know when it's time for this person to hear this. You know, okay, today don't let me go to this person's house. Maybe the parents are not in a good mood. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will know. 
God's Spirit does not lead you wrong. So learn to trust the leading of God's Spirit. Are you getting me? And obey it. Learn it. Because it helps you to suit the right subject in teaching them. It helps in discipling men supernaturally and handling their lives with the wisdom of God. It helps you in discipling them supernaturally and handling their lives by the wisdom of God. And I told you, so number one is what? Number two? Number three? Number four? Ah, you cannot say it. Ah, you, do you people want to go to the sun? Number one? Number two? Number three? Number four? Number five? I told you, pray for them. I told you, <clears throat> prayer is the bedrock of Christian ministry. Nothing strengthens discipleship like prayer. I told you that. Nothing strengthens your discipleship. Nothing strengthens your ministry like prayer. Are you getting me? Nothing does. When we pray, we have an audience with the Father. First John 5, 14 to 15. We have an audience with the Father. First Peter 3, 12. We have an audience with the Father. And prayer must be continued and consistent. 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 Luke 5, verse 16 to 17. Luke 5, verse 16 to 17. Luke 5, 16 to 17. He says, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass, a certain day, as he was teaching, there was Pharisees of the doctor of law sitting by which commands in every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of God was present to heal. Jesus prayed for the disciples. Luke 22, verse 32. He prayed for Peter. In Acts 6, verse 4, the apostles were given to prayer. Acts 6, verse 4, we will not leave the word of God and serve tables. But we'll continually to give ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayers. So they thought as they were instructed to teach others also. You know, I just got this instruction for you. Don't be profane. Don't be profane. Profane means this will really help you and bless you. Profane means you have a lycadaisical attitude towards ministry. Like, uh, even if they did not grow, uh, at least nothing will happen to me. That's profanity. Are you getting what I'm saying? Even if, uh, even if I now have disciples, even if they did not come to church, even if they did not, uh, nobody will beat me, Joe. That's profanity. That was the like. See, let me tell you. What happened to Esau was profanity. What consigned me with my birthright? Birthright is not about the birthright was not. Let me tell you what was happening. You know. Let me explain that birthright to you. Ah, oh, I'm on audio, but let me explain it to you. The birthright was not firstborn, secondborn. No, no, it was the person who will fulfill the promise. You know, Esau was the first, Jacob was the second. What Esau was saying is, What consigned me with the promise? That's why till tomorrow, it is not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. It is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What consigned me with them? Give me part thing. What's, 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 what's bad, right? What's consigned me with promise? What consigned me with covenant? What's my business with that one? What's, what's my business with what God has to do? Don't have that attitude. In leadership, in ministry, take that one soul. As I was standing there, I just heard it so strong in my voice. Profanity. Don't be profane. It can hinder your ministry. See, let me tell you, me that you are looking at me like this, I treat all of you like you are gold. Look at what we are still doing today. See, should I, Allah, I wanted to go and rest. I'm tired. I'm not joking with you. If I go home and rest now, I have some books I have to read because I have to send a review to, to a pastor friend as soon as possible. 
I also have some materials to work on. And I have to rest my own head. I have to watch Flash too. <laughs> I'm not joking. To say that I don't want to go home is a lie. But see, I thought about it. Ah, who will this bless? I can't be profane. I can't just say, ah, Chibide, we will learn it later. Ah. That's not how ministry is run, no. Don't treat your disciple like that, too. Treat them like, treat that one person like, ah, this one. There's this thing that it is one preacher that we don't know his name. Preached to Billy Graham. Billy Graham. And through Billy Graham, one, just one man, a million people have believed the gospel. You know, it's one man now that preached to Riyad Bonki. And Riyad Bonki has shattered the whole of Africa with the gospel. Blood wash. Africa blood wash. Don't be profane. As I stood like that, I, I, I saw it like a voice. I saw it like the, I saw the profane. And it came to me like, it was like, it was like how the Old Testament author used to say, and the word of the Lord came to me. That was how it came to me. To tell you, I don't know who is having that thing. In fact, everybody, let's pray. Repent from every spirit of profanity. Everywhere you have despised. Don't need that and sleep off. This is a serious moment. Repent. Repent. Every spirit of profanity. Everywhere you are saying, I beg. You, you, prayer time, you say, oh, ah, that's profanity. That's profanity. Prayer time, you stood up and say, ah, everybody will feel that way. Pray for yourself. Settle your heart. Times you ought to go and teach your disciples. You want to go and pick them up and say, oh, what is God consign me? What consign me? Repent. Lord, I repent. Lord, I repent for every way I've been profane. Lord, I repent. Oh Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I repent, Lord. I repent. Profane it. I repent. I repent. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's be seated. Profanity. He hinders your ministry. He stifles your growth. Isaac, Esau uh, said, What concern me with the battery? Give me food. You will now switch it for pleasure. Let me go and watch movie. The Spirit of God is telling you, um, let me pray for your disciples. Said, let me watch movie. Uh, ah, profanity. Times you ought to teach yourself, you excuse yourself away. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your disciples are growing. Say, my disciples are growing. The power of God is working. My disciples are growing. They are men of God. I'm raising men of God. Say it, say it very loud. I'm raising men of God. I'm raising men of God. I'm raising pastors. I'm raising pastors. I'm raising men of God. Pray over that for all your disciples. Pray over that for your disciples. That all the people you are raising, they are men of God. Men of God. Men of God. Men of God, men of God, men of God, men of God. Hallelujah. Don't be profane. All right. So, how do I pray for my disciples? We are still on that prayer now. Number one, we said lead by example, right? Number two, what did we say? Know each disciples. Number two, number three, number four. No. Follow the leading of the Spirit. Number five. So now, how do I pray for the disciples? So this is still under pray for them. How do you pray for your disciples? Now, Paul in his epistles to the Ephesians church, he just said us that we pray always in the Spirit. In Ephesians 6 verse 18, he says, praying always with all prayers and supplications in the Spirit for all saints. So you are praying in the spirit. First Corinthians 14 says you pray in tongues. First Corinthians 14, verse 14. Look at there. Look at that. First Corinthians 14, verse 14. It says, It says, For I pray in my own, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. But if I pray, 
but my understanding is unfruitful. Are you getting me? So you pray in tongues. Ephesians 6.18, you pray in tongues. Now, look at how Epaphras prayed. Colossians 4, 12 to 13. 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 It says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you stand perfect and complete in the will of God. What did they say, what did they say Epaphras did? No. What did he do? Always laboring. Go and listen to the laborer. I explain what labor means. It means a man that toys. I said it's from the Greek word egathis, right? How many of you have listened to labor recently? It means a man that toys. A man that labors. So imagine that energy is pouring in prayer. That was what Epaphras was doing to his job. And I've told you in every look at Colossians 1 verse 7. Colossians 1 verse 7. As you have learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is one of you, a minister of Christ. So Epaphras was their pastor. Just the same way you are pastoring your disciples. You are shepherding them. Ephesians 1 verse 16. Ephesians 1 verse 16. Ephesians 1 verse 16. It says, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you always in my prayers. So mention their names. It's worthy of notes to me. I have a note where you, are, you have their names. Ah, Oluwa, this is how I pray. Ah, Oluwa, Chabaka, Rabagadaba, Shemaka. I'm supposed not to be saying this, but that's how I do it. I mention your name. Noah, Ah, Irakata, Horodo. That's how I pray. Fever. That's how I start. I mention your names. Abraham, Korede, Hey, Ah, Oluwa. That's how I, that's how I, I mention your names. I have a list. When I'm going for a special meeting like that, your list follows me. Because I'm not going for myself again. I'm going for lives before me. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm planning to already. I'm already planning to go for one soon. Your names are already on my on my book. Oh yeah, Lord, these lives, these souls, Lord, is for these men. I'm paying the price for these men. What you are doing now is paying the price for those people too. People you have not even seen. People you might still meet this week. <laughs> you are paying the price. Labor. So you labor in prayer. You labor in the place of prayer. So Paul mentioned their names. In Galatians 4 verse 19. Galatians 4 verse 19. Look at Paul. Galatians 4 verse 19. So, it is, so, beyond knowing that your disciples by name, you must be formed praying for them by name. Are you seeing it? So, the essence of, so, you are, you are mentioning their name. Ah, oh Lord, I saw that, that example in my mother. They say, when my mother pray, oh Lord, favor of, oh Lord, that's how my mother prays. Oluwa in Yoruba means God. Are you getting me? In, in English, means God. When you say Oluwa, I'm a Yoruba, but so Oluwa, it just means God. Oh, God, my father. You get what I'm saying? That's what it means. She, that's how she mentioned, I am in the favor, Tony. That's, I heard that thing like, in fact, before they gave birth to Tony, favor, favor. I am in the favor, grace. I am in the favor, grace. That's how I was here. When did I give up to Tony? I am in the favor, Tony. Then, I don't know. At the grace, now, now went into a station. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? So, it's beyond just knowing their names. It's also mentioning their names in prayer. So, whose name are you mentioning in prayer?
So Paul said, my little children who might travel in bed again till Christ be following you. So one who disciples must be found laboring in what? In prayers. Philemon 1 verse 4 to 6. Philemon 1 verse 4 to 6. It says, the effectual fervent prayer. Oh. Philemon 1 verse 4. That the communication of your faith. No, let's start from verse 4. Look at Philemon 1 verse 4. He says, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in us in what? In Christ. So our prayers must be heartfelt. Our prayers must be passionate. Our prayers must be heartfelt. Our prayers must be passionate. Our prayers must be core-driven, love-driven, sorry, love-driven. We must be mindful of the fact that follow-up is not a mere activity. Are you getting me? We want them to grow. Don't you want your disciples to grow? Don't you want your disciples to be in this kind of meeting? Don't you want them? Don't you want them? You want them to grow. Also, take this wisdom. When you notice that some, somebody is growing, don't treat them like a baby again. Start treating them like they are growing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? There are some people, you have to stretch your disciple off the normal comfort. Favor, that's for you. Stretch your disciple off the normal comfort. Start treating the person more. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, it is more than a mere activity. So, it is to the end that men are discipled in the gospel and they too can do the same for others. Don't you want your disciples to also be praying for others? To be teaching others and coming to meet you and say, Ah, sister, please, I don't know why my disciple is not stable. I don't know what is going on. Please help me, you know? Don't you want that? You will be happy. Won't you be happy? You will. James 5 verse 16b. It says the effectual. Fervent prayer of the righteous. Availed too much. And prefer to say he's tremendous in his working. So. A practical way. To see that none is left out. During your prayer time. You should have a prayer book. So one way. It's just like. As we keep growing and increasing, I might not be able to mention everybody that comes to our service, all, the, all your disciples. I, what I do is, as I'm praying for you, I am praying for your disciples indirectly. But as of now, I still mention some names that I know. Mention them and I'm praying. As a practical way, you have a prayer book, have a note. Ah, this person, this person, you know? That's a practical way to do it. Sometimes you can say Monday, this person name. One hour Monday, I'm going to pray. The next person Tuesday. Are you getting me? Maybe as they increase, three, four people on Monday, five people on Tuesday. Are you seeing it? Three people on Wednesday. Are you getting it? Have those schedule just to keep you praying for them. You have days. You have times where you are praying. So this will serve as a way that no one is left out from your prayer. In my own prayer, none of you is left out. I know, see, I, I just don't want to tell you, maybe one day I'll tell you, there's a sequel of how all of, all of you's name flow in my prayer. Just the same way I tell you how my mother's own flow. I am the favorite Tony. There's a way all of you's name flow. I'll tell you one day. You, you people, uh, uh, what a rhyme. There's a way it flows through. Because I've learned the angle of mentioning all of you at once. So let's say I'm, let's say I'm receiving something now. Somebody is praying for me. In my heart, I just have to mention all of you. Froom. <laughs> I tell I receive this for all of this. <laughs> Two. Are you guys what I'm saying? There's a way. Because you put on my heart 24-7. That's how your disciples should be on your heart too. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, those schedule will help you not to lag behind in prayer for them. But see, let me tell you, if nothing will work, eh? 
prayer will work. <laughs> if nothing will work, eh? Prayer will. Just pray. Old Jews, pray. I have not taught any of you not to know how to pray. Are you getting what I'm saying? I have put all of you in the dungeon of prayer and I'm still going to do more in coming days. Keep praying. Are you getting me? They will grow. They will be born again. Ah, I say born again. They will be strong. Are you getting what I'm saying? So keep praying. Are you getting me? So number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. Walk in love towards them. Walk in love towards them. <laughs> I'm laughing because I saw that in Noah's report one time. <laughs> Walk in love towards them. Walk in love towards your disciple. <laughs> they are not as grown as you are. They will be corny. They, they will tell you they don't want to meet and yet they are playing FIFA. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> you don't have to walk in love. <laughs> you can't be angry. See me. I can't even be angry with any of you. Because <laughs> I can't bless you. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> the believer's love work is very essential to our faith. Very essential. And much more, it's very essential in your discipleship. It's essential for the one who disciples to develop a large art as a leader, as a discipler. You have to develop a large art. Because that's the only way people can be trained and matured. It's not as if you're angry with your disciple, you're not going to be cranky with them and say, But I told you to do this and that. Ah, uh-uh. man of God. Hope you know you are already not leading by example. Later now, when you want to teach them walking in love, hope you know you've not portrayed it. You're like, but I told you! <laughs> Man of God. <laughs> Discipleship itself can be likened to fatherhood. Discipleship itself can be likened to fatherhood. The term father means, number one, nourisher. Nourisher means one who supplies food, sustenance. I will track back a bit. I told you the believer's love work is very essential to our faith. And I told you, I said, it's essential for every one of you. And the person who is discipling someone to have a very large heart. Are you getting me? You must have a large heart. Have a welcoming spirit. Have a friendly nature. An hospitable life. Are you saying that this is relational? Are you saying when I say it requires a personal touch? Are you saying that you have to know disciple? You have to lead by one another? You have to lead by example? You have to know each disciple? You have to walk in lawyer? It's personal touch. So there will never be a time where even me, I can't be accessible. It's not possible. Because it's a discipleship system we are running. It's not a time where I will not be the God and say, eh, you can't, no, nobody can see pastor. Nobody, ah, I don't see pastor. It's not possible. What can they not see in me? <laughs> Is this not me? Are you getting what I say? It will get to that stage. Because it requires a personal thought. So, I said, discipleship is likened to fatherhood. And the term, father means, number one, a nourisher. And I say a nourisher is one who, who does what? Supplies food, sustenance. Number two, a protector. A protector. A one who guides and shields. A nourisher. So your work is that you are nourishing people. Not physically. Not that you're not going to be the one giving them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's not what I mean. No. You're not going to say, <laughs> maybe your disciple is not going to hear this message and say, Pastor, they told you that you are a nourisher. Why, not, why am I not receiving breakfast, lunch, and this? <laughs> no. <laughs> you are a protector. One who guides and shield. Three, you are an upholder. 
a one who helped in perilous times. So I said, discipleship is likened to what? Fatherhood. And the responsibility of a father is number one, what? Number two? Number three? Number four, a progenitor. A progenitor. This is often used for ancestors. I will explain what it means. Look at 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1. A progenitor. A progenitor. 1 Corinthians 1. First Corinthians 10 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would that ye, I would not that ye should be ignorant that our fathers on were, were under the cloud or passed through the sea. A progenitor. Hebrews 1 verse 1. God who has hundred times and in diverse manner spoke to his prophets in Tipers, and as in this last day spoken to his fathers. So he's just like he's referring to an ancestral stuff. So number one, nourisher. Nourisher. Number two, protector. Number three, upholder. I said upholder is the one who helped in, in perilous times, right? I said a protector is one who shield, right? And I said a nourisher is one who supplies food and is sustainable. And in number four, a progenitor is just used as an accessory thumb. The ancestors of the Jews. That's one of the things it means. So Jesus alluded to this fact in John 21 and used the term children in reference to his disciples. In John 20, verse 5, also. John 20, verse 5. John 20, verse 5. He said, um, And he stood there looking, and he saw the, the, the linen clothes, yet went he, Ah, this cannot be the scripture I'm looking for. Let me see. It's John 21, verse 5. And Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, No. So Jesus referred to his disciples as children. So believers were also referred to as children of other believers. Look at how Peter referred to certain people in 1 Peter 5 verse 13. Let's go to 1 Peter 5 verse 13. Jesus referred to his disciples as children. Let's see how Peter referred to people too. 1 Peter 5 verse 13. 1 Peter 5 verse 13. It says, The church that is in Babylon elected, elected together with you, saluted you, and so that Marcos, my son, he used my son there. Look at John the Beloved in, um, in, uh, Third John. Look at Third John 1. Third John 1 verse 3. Third John. Episode Third John. It says, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that was in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth, look at verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. So he referred to them as children. Look at Galatians 4, verse 19. Paul, Paul in his in his own writing in Galatians 4, verse 19, he says, My little children, of whom I travel in bed again until Christ be formed in you. So disciples sometimes were literally referred to as children. So, these instances were obviously a well-defined relationship of mentorship, guidance, and training. So, mentorship, discipleship, it was this relationship that the disciples or the apostles had with their disciples were well-defined relationship where it's like, oh, this is a proper guidance, this is our pastor, this is our mentor, this person that provides guidance and training for us. And these things are born out of teaching. It's not just, oh, do this, do that. No, 
is born out of teaching, not just a mere title, teaching. Second Timothy 1, 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 2 is born out of teaching. 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 2. 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 2. Thou therefore, it says, Thou therefore, my son. Are you seeing how Paul referred to Timothy? Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which thou hast heard of me, and many witnesses, the same commit thou unto faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. That's why you hear, I mean, if I've heard some pastors saying, That's my daughter. And it's not a physical thing. I mean, if I've heard that, it's not wrong. They are not wrong because that is how it should be. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's, so, discipleship is a human relationship. However, its spiritual growth must be in view. Are you getting me? There is nothing wrong with having, being close with your disciples. But don't be too close to. There's nothing wrong with being friends with them. But spiritual growth must be in view. Are you getting me? Spiritual growth must be in view. So that is why you will have to practice a whole lot of love work. Because when a human interaction happens, there will be offense. Are you getting me? There will be issues. There will be troubles. There will be altercations in words. Are you getting me? But love work must always be very predominant amidst us. So there is need to practice love work towards those you follow upon. Because there will be times they will wrong you. Hope you know there are times I can wrong you. I don't know if you know that. Uh-huh. I like that. Have I wronged you before? Ah. Huh? Is that what? Is it, are you really sure? That I've not wronged you before. Oh, okay. You are, you are lucky. But others cannot testify. Have I wronged you before? <laughs> no, never. I've, I've slapped you before. Now, so. Oh, no, never. I've stoned you before. So <laughs> I can ask you. Tony can never testify now. <laughs> So you must therefore see every wrong done as an opportunity to practice your love work. You must see every wrong done as an opportunity for you to practice your love work. Are you seeing it? You must see every wrong done as an opportunity for you to practice your love work. You practice your love work the more because this is vital because as you do this, you are mirroring the fatherhood of God. Are you getting me? You are a nourisher, right? You are a protector, right? You are a upholder, right? You are a progenitor, right? So you are mirroring the fatherhood of God. And it's by teaching and by precept. They should you are teaching by precept how they should walk in love towards their own disciples. So you will forgive them so that they are learning how to walk in love towards their own disciples. So having our love work in mind always, we must always stay conscious of our love work towards men, towards all men. Ephesians 4 verse 17 to 19. Ephesians 4, verse 17 to 19. Ephesians 4, verse 17 to 19. Ephesians 4, verse 17 to 19. It says, This I say, therefore, testify in the Lord, henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity in their might, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. Verse 19. Who being past feeling, who, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to lavish, lascivious, um, lasciviousness to walk all on cleanliness with greediness. 
So the unbeliever's understanding is darkened. He is alienated from the life of God. Through the ignorance that is in them, the blindness of their heart. So, love work will be your conduct. Are you getting me? Many of them, they just got born again yesterday. You don't expect that they will just easily be like you. So, they will wrong you. They will lie to you. They will be corny. They tell you, I'm not at home. When they are really at home, I'm not free. When, they are, when you see them on the feet, they are playing soccer. <laughs> are you getting what I say? But there's nothing you can You have to walk in love. Are you getting me? You walk in love. So, Paul instructed them not to walk in the conduct of themselves as Gentiles or do things in the vanity of their mind. Paul reminds that the believer has an identity. The believer's identity is not to walk as the Gentiles do because they, they have put off the old man and we have put on the new man. So, the way to walk in the Spirit is by renewing your minds. Hallelujah. So you walk in the streets by renewing your mind. You walk in the street by renewing your mind. With the learning of Christ. As you are growing, as you are learning, you are renewing your mind. So on the strength of this, Paul gave another instruction in Ephesians, that same Ephesians 4 verse 25 to 32. Time we fail us to read it. Ephesians 4 verse 25 to 32. He was still talking about walking in love. Ephesians 4 verse 25 to 32. You can get our message on, on um, why the anger is well explained there. He also continued in Ephesians 5 verse 1. Ephesians 5 verse 1 it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as their children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and had given himself an offering and a sacrifice to God for his sweet-smelling savour. The word followers there means act like, mimic, to do exactly what has been done by another. That's what a follower means. I'm going to teach you someday, I'm going to teach you someday understanding true followership. I'm going to teach you someday. Followers there means to act like, to mimic, to do exactly what has been done by another. And it's in this instance, Paul was teaching us walking in love. So we are to act like, we are to mimic our father, the nature of our father, in the instance of walking in love. Are you getting me? Because you need walking in love for your disciples. You need to walk in love. Some of them will run away and come back. You cannot say, you cannot be angry. You just have to walk in love. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have to walk in love. So the word love was used by Paul to mean sacrifice. An unconditional sacrifice. So we can, in simple terms, we can safely say walking in love means forgiveness of sins. Go and get our series. We're still going to build on that later on. We can simply say walking in love means forgiveness of sins. Because the word walk means to tread on a pathway created for you. When they say walk, it means to tread on a pathway that is created for you. So, Jesus has created a pathway where we can walk in. And that pathway is love. As a believer, as a man of God, as a preacher of the gospel, as a discipler, you need love. See, let me tell you, if you are somebody that easily gets bitter, start, see, make it a project, a personal project on yourself to be feeding on, we have a whole lot of material already. Make it a personal project to be feeding on those materials as often as probably every week. Are you getting me? It can affect your discipleship. You have to see because it is human interaction. And if the devil knows that that is your weak point, just know you are finished. You just get angry and you will not be praying for the person again. Hope you know it's somebody you are angry with that you don't pray for. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. But imagine I pray for you every day. I can't be angry with you. Are you getting what I'm saying? You need to, as a leader, 
as a man of God, as a pastor, as a preacher, as somebody who is an overseer, you need to understand how to walk in love. You can't be easily bitter. You can't be easily angry. That's why I'm spending time to explain this. And I did that earlier in the service. You can't be in offenses. You can't be. You have to be joyful. You have to be full of love and compassion all the time. Human beings will be human beings. Get used to it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so there is a pathway that is created for us and that is locking in law. So we have a father who forgives us for Christ's sake. That's sacrifice. Right? He forgave us for Christ's sake. That's sacrifice. And Christ who loved us by giving himself for us, that's in sacrifice for us. So just as God in Christ loved us, the believer can display the character of love towards others. You can't. There's nothing, you, you, don't, there's, you can't struggle to walk in love because you are a believer. You can't struggle to walk in love. You are a believer. So, the thumb, that's why the thumb fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians 5 verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians 5 verse 22, it refers it implies the products or the results of walking in love, or what the product or the results of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit refers or implies the product or the result of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit implies the product or the result of the spirit. So that means that love is the result of the indwelling of the spirit that is with us. I don't know if you get what I just said. Look at the look at Galatians 5 verse 22. Everybody open there. Galatians 5 verse 22. I want to explain this and would we'll, would we'll end this section. Galatians 5 verse 22. I'm I'm already almost done. Galatians verse 22. After this section, I think we have one more section and we'll be done with this um conference. Galatians 5 verse 22. It says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. And uh, what did I define the fruit of the Spirit as now? No, you're not saying it. So now, the fruit of the Spirit that you just read now is the result or the product of the Spirit. So that means... That love now, because it says the fruit of the love. Now that means that love now is the result of the indwelling of the spirit in you. Don't forget, you have the indwelling of the spirit. Romans five verse five. So walking in love is your nature. It is natural for the believer to forgive and walk in love. Look at Romans five verse verse six to eight. Romans five verse six to eight. Romans 5, verse 6 to 8. Romans 5, verse 6 to 8. Romans 5, verse 6 to 8. It says, For when we were yet without sin, in due time Christ died for us. He now says, For scarcely by the righteous man one will die, for poor adventure a good man would even dare to die. Verse 8. For God commended his love towards us while we were yet sinners. Christ did what? Died for us. So since God is our example of love, then walking in love is a spiritual initiative taken by believers towards others. I don't know why this, this season, it's like this season we've been hearing a lot of walking in love. I beg you, deal with it. Since God is our example, then walking in love is a spiritual initiative taken by believers towards others. As in next sections, we're going to see 
how Jesus showed his disciples love, we will, show, we will see how Paul showed his disciples love. We will, show, we will see practical ways to demonstrate love to your disciples. How many of you want to learn that? Yes. You will learn that in the next section. Practical ways to demonstrate love to your disciples. So, we are left with an initiative. And I said, since God is our example. Then what? Walking in love is a spiritual initiative. Thinking by believers. Who is the believers now? You. Thinking by you towards others. So, as a man in Christ, you must learn to walk in love. So, let it start with you first. Are you getting me? Deal with it. Every root of bitterness, every root of anger, malice, everything. Deal with it. Let it start with you. Then you'll be able to apply the results to others. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Remember, number one, what is it? Number one? Number two? Number three? Number four? Number five, number six, number one, number one, ah, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number one, number two, number three, number four. Number five, number six. Are you seeing that you have a work to do? Are you seeing it? Now I want you to pray over what you've been hearing. Pray over what you've been hearing. That these words will not stand against you on the judgment day. That when God asks you about a soul, these words that I've taught you tonight will not stand against you. Now when God asks you about that soul, and God says, but you were in this service, you were in this mission is possible, where you were learning discipleship, why did you not apply it to that soul? Lift your voice and pray. Pray. Also pray that you are not profane. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray.